Hello and welcome to UX Like Us, the podcast for user experience designers, researchers, strategists, and attorney generals. <laughs> I'm your user experience attorney general, Roman Burkott. <laughs> joining me as always is Larry King. Larry, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Also joining us today is our esteemed colleague, Kelly Nakawatase. Hi. Kelly designs enterprise security software at SecureAuth Corporation in Irvine, California. Kelly also has experience designing e-commerce solutions at startups and teaching English to students as an expatriate teacher in Japan. Kelly, welcome to the show. Hi. <laughs> We're really excited to be back from hiatus and thrilled to finally have Kelly with us. Kelly recently penned uh, an article on Medium sharing her experience as a General Assembly graduate. The article is linked in the show notes, and it takes a nuanced look at UX boot camps as a way of entering the user experience field. I learned a lot because uh, Kelly is the only boot camp grad that I've met, so I assumed they must all be amazing like you. I think we're a mixed bag, just like any other group. <laughs> right on. So we're really excited to have you here and to talk more about uh, your experience with uh, boot camps in general and General Assembly uh, in particular. So Kelly, I'm I'm I'm, I'm curious. Um, you you titled the name of your article. Uh, should I take? Uh, UX bootcamp. So I'm going to just sort of turn that into a question and ask you, is it true that some people read this article solely due to the Persian cats in the stroller picture? <laughs> I, You know, I think I got the most engagement that day that I tweeted that. So it's it's entirely possible that they just looked at it because I said there was a picture of a stroller full of Persian cats. And that is exactly why you should take a UX bootcamp. Well, there you go. Thanks for uh, being on the show. Um, and Thanks, we'll wrap up great. there. <laughs> I actually tried to take my cat to my UX boot camp because everyone was bringing their dogs and they said no. So <laughs> what? <laughs> so um, let's dig into your background a little bit, uh, Kelly. So how exactly did you go from a linguistics background te teaching English in Japan to and get into UX? That's a uh, that's a that's a that has to be a fascinating story. It depends on where you start. If we go all the way back. Um, I downloaded Photoshop 6.0, I think, when I was 12. At the time, I was looking at graphic design forums, and I would create forum signatures uh, using Photoshop, and I would spend hours and hours creating forum signatures. And I would create book covers and a whole bunch of random stuff, like movie posters and all that other kind of stuff. <laughs> I was doing that, but I never thought that I would actually be able to turn that into a career. So I decided to do linguistics, uh, which you also can't really turn into a career unless <laughs> unless you decide to become like a CIA analyst or if you decide to go into academia, it's kind of hard to do something with a bachelor's degree in linguistics. Um, so I decided to use that to go teach English in Japan for two years. Uh, and I realized I didn't want to be a teacher. So my friend told me to look at UX design and I did. Uh, and then uh, she referred me to one of the UX designers that worked at her startup, and I talked to her, who also was a General Assembly graduate, or sorry, not a graduate. She was uh, a General Assembly instructor, and then I took General Assembly's course, and now I'm a UX designer, I guess. <laughs> that kind of fits in the whole boot camp narrative, become a UX designer in 10 weeks, I guess. <laughs> took a boot camp, yada, 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 now I'm a designer. <laughs> well, I mean, between graduating the boot camp and now, it's been about four years, I think. So I remember when I graduated from the program, I was really hesitant in calling myself a UX designer, but now I can confidently say I am a UX designer. 
Yeah, so that's really interesting. So you actually went to GA and you are a UX designer today. And that's what people aspire to be after going to GA. So it sounds like it was kind of successful for you. It was successful for me. Yeah, I would say so. It was less successful for some of my um, cohort mates, I think. I think two of them eventually went back to acting and stand-up comedy. Wow, really scraping the bottom. Of the- <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, I couldn't make it in UX, so I'll, I'll just, I guess I'll go back to acting, which, which actually really means waiting tables, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, actually, one of them was in a Super Bowl commercial, so she seems to be doing pretty well. Between waiting tables. <laughs> So let's get into, so you, you, you become a UX, you, you went to General Assembly, you became a UX designer. Um, so let's, let's dig into um, what you actually think about, you know, going to a boot camp such as General Assembly. So when you wrote the article on Medium there, you kind of broke it down into three categories, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So let's, let's start off with the good. So what are the what do, you, what do you think are some of the positive things that came out of, you know, having going to GA? Um, you know, what, 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 are the, what, 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 what's the good? Someone once told me about UX designers who are comb shaped uh, and people look for designers who are comb shaped, uh, which is that they are, they have a wide breadth and then they have like, what a comb thing? Tines? Tines? Tines. The Tines. F- T with an N. Tine. Okay. Well, right? is it, is it? I don't know. We have to check because Kelly's a linguist and she <laughs> gets me on using the wrong words for stuff. Okay, well, UX designers, if UX designers are combs and tines are the skill set they have, then you want somebody with kind of like a jagged comb shape, I guess. So what General Assembly will do is they will give you the width of the comb and very short, short, stubby tines. The good thing about General Assembly and like I, I believe probably other boot camps is that they give you a really surface level understanding of all of the things about UX in terms of information architecture, um, research, methodology, that kind of stuff. So they give you, um, they give you the broad understanding of UX. Whereas like if you went out and were like, I want to learn UX uh, when I was doing it four years ago, which is not that long ago, but is kind of a long time ago. um, You had to be like, well, which parts of UX do I want to learn about? And there's just so many things. So General Assembly kind of did all of the legwork in terms of creating a curriculum and telling you the things that were important to know. Um, and you kind of get uh, you get an understanding for the breadth of UX, and they give you a process that you can use and that I have used since I graduated. And um, they, you will also graduate with a portfolio. And throughout, I, I think they um, have fixed the, for, the portfolio process. Because when I took the program, the portfolio was just like a two-week project at the end. Um, whereas I believe now they make you do the portfolio at the beginning and then work on it as you finish projects. Um, but the, the portfolio is reviewed by your peers and by your instructors. And then they usually have some industry experts come in, like UX designers who have been working at least a couple years come in and critique your portfolio for you. So you come out with a portfolio, which I think is actually a, a really good thing for, you know, somebody who's starting out in UX design, um, um, you know, being able to show some work, show your thought processes, show, you, you know, some of your things. And I've, and I've seen some of the portfolios that came out of, uh, um, uh, you know, G, the GA program, um, being a hiring manager for a while um, now. Um, I 
at first I just thought there was like these really junior people coming out with like really great portfolios. You know, they were talking about, you know, all the things I'm looking for in a project, you know, what the background was, what their role was, what the process was, how they win it. They didn't just like show a wireframe of, you know, some stuff. Right. I'm like, Oh, this is really, really good. And then, then I finally figured out, it's like, Oh, these are all people that came from GA and all their portfolios had the exact same format. But I mean, and and now I know I, I recognize that format when I see it, but at the same time, it's like, well, that's actually, it's better than, you know, somebody putting out a portfolio that's just, you know, uh, 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 some wireframes they did and like a, a two sentence description of a project. Right. You know, that doesn't tell me anything. It's like, I see a, uh, I see a mock-up of a UI. It's like, well, did you do the whole thing? Was you just part of it? Did you do the research and how was your process? How did you get to this? What what things were rejected by developers and product management? Like all the all the stuff that actually happens on a on a, on a project are is sort of missing in that. And I the the thing about General Slim is they encourage you to be able to make a pro- portfolio that includes those things. When did you start seeing all of the GA portfolios looking the same? Uh so it was I'd started noticing him around the time um you know it's been a couple of years yeah it wasn't 4 years ago but it was more like uh, 2 and 3 years ago when I created my portfolio it has sort of like the similar format now that it did when I graduated the program um but one of my cohort mates graduated and eventually became a GA instructor and he shared my portfolio with a number of different general assembly cohorts um and so I would always have like an uptick in my traffic to my portfolio and to the point where even when I went there once to do some some user testing with them for the startup I was working for, someone came up to me and was like, are you UX Kelly? <laughs> what? And so I asked the my friend who was the instructor there, and he was like, oh, yeah, I've shared your portfolio to all of them. And I was like, this is a good example of showing your process. And I was like, oh, thanks, I guess. But now if they all look like mine, I'm a little bit worried. Yeah, so you should have... You should have patented that uh, portfolio um, out, um, outline. Well, it seems to me like they did a, a, a you know, did you uh, a, a solid by giving you that broad base? Because I know UX practitioners who have been in the field a long time who still have no concept of all of the many, you know, uh, broad disciplines required to effectively do UX process. It's like, oh yeah, I've been cranking out buttons for the last 15 years. So I'm a senior UX and I'm super good at it and still have no, no uh, concept of what really goes into uh, effective product design. So it, it, just based on, again, my experiences with you and, and the mindset that you bring to your work, it, it seems like that's a really good basis in, uh, in, in starting your practice. It has been a really good basis because I have used that process like over and over since graduating. And basically the way General Assembly's curriculum is set up is they teach you the process and then they have projects that you do to practice the process, which eventually culminates into like a client project that you work with startups in the area to design something. Yeah. So I, you know, from what you describe it, it, you know, you're talking about the you know, the, the breadth, but very shallow breadth, you know, with the very short tines of the comb. Um, it, it reminds me of the the master's program that I went through, um, the university of Baltimore, but I think we got a, a different breadth than what you got. And over a longer period of time, um, obviously, cause I was, I was, a, it, I think I did, uh, three years to get through my master's degree program. And, but we, you know, we did things like we had like a whole semester on 
user, you know, research methods. We had a whole semester on cognitive psychology. We had a semester on um, software engineering. We had a semester where you actually, you know, did um, programming projects in, you know, ActionScript and Flash. This will date me and show you how long <laughs> I've been was in grad school. But at the same, you know, so we did we did programming projects. We did like visual design. There was like a, a visual design, you know, um, um, course that we did for a semester. And so, you know, visual design, cognitive psychology, research methods. I think I took multiple um, classes on research methods, um, advanced in, in, in the beginning, um, you know, and software development um, life cycles. And so we did like a lot of different things, not just, you know, wireframes and user interviews and, 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 you know, some of the things like, you know, the don't make me think stuff that, you know, <laughs> that, uh, that, you know, you would probably get in general assembly, but so it was more, uh, uh, it, it's still, very broad, but like, I think the breadth was even more than, than sort of what a, a GA thing is going to give you in a, in like a 10 week program. Yeah, we definitely didn't do, I think software cycles or, um, any kind of programming. I think, uh, before I took the course, they had like suggested prerequisite being an HTML free course that they have available on their website. So I did that. Um, but I also took HTML and CSS in high school, but you had a master's program in UX. I had my master's program was entitled information architecture and interaction design. Yeah. So basically UX, I would say. (laughs) It sounds like it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, so I, I feel like, you know, you know, while general assemblies, you know, they're limited by the amount of time they are, you know, it's it's a, it's a, what it's like a 10 week boot camp Is that? It is a 10 week boot camp. Yeah. 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 Uh, but at the same time, so like I, you know, my master's program, I think, you know, again, was broad and, 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 and shallow, but I think, you know, covered a lot more of the things that you would actually encounter in, you know, in, in, in your, your UX career when you know going outside of, you know, just design and, and research methods going into actual software development and programming and things like that. So, so you say in the article that it, you know, the, the program definitely made you more knowledgeable and higher and hireable. Um, you got a portfolio when you came out, um, and you got sort of a, a repeatable process that you found useful and you've been using, you know, since you've been there. Um, so what about, you know, so, so I go through this and I, you know, I go through the 10 week program. What about getting a job? So they do have like, um, I think career coaches afterwards that um, sort of help. Well, also during the program, during the program, they have um, some classes with their career coaches. So they will tell you, you know, in your portfolio, make sure you show a process. And, you know, when you do interviews, they'll ask you these kinds of questions. Um, At one point they promised to do mock interviews with us, but they didn't quite follow through on that one. Um, But they did have like multiple classes after we graduated on how to talk during interviews and, um, they had hiring managers come and talk about what they look for in UX designers. They have a 90% employment rate after graduation, six months after graduation. And the other 10% are doing Super Bowl ads. So, you know, <laughs> they're not doing too bad, <laughs> but, um, the, the statistic that they give you at the time for me was, um, 90%, 90 something percent within three months, um, and also it's not exclusive to full-time work. So they count like any kind of contract work, that kind of thing being employment, as far as I know. So how long was it after you went through the GA boot camp until you got your first UX job? I graduated in May. 
and I got my first job, I think, in June. That's pretty good, then. <laughs> it was pretty good. It, it, at the time, it felt like a really like an eternity, a black hole. <laughs> it was awful. I really feel for the people who are job searching. But it took me about a month, and that was through the General Assembly Network. Um, I got a contract job with an agency in uh, West L.A., and I worked with them on and off for a while. Sometimes they had like full-time work for me, and sometimes it was just nothing. Um, and then during that time, I met my second job, which um, I met Angel Anderson, who is, well, was, I guess, the CEO and founder of Nail Snaps, which was the startup that I worked at. And I met her at LA Tech Day. Um, and then she offered me an internship, and then she hired me as soon as she could. And then I was working with her for two years. And I believe during that time, you also were able to go to the Interaction Design Conference and receive an award for work that you worked on. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. So um, Angel is very connected with the IXDA program. And so she submitted us to, uh, for the People's Choice Awards. And I think also one other category, but I don't remember what it was. And so she was able to get me a ticket to go to Finland. Uh, and we attended the conference, which, by the way, was an awesome conference. Like they had amazing salmon. But, um, we, we did, we won, we won the people's choice awards over Google and SAP. And it was a really, really great moment to have. So, and how long was this after you had, uh, finished your GA, um, school? I think it was probably a year into nail snaps. So like a year and a half after GA. Okay. So you, you, you're a linguist, you're teaching English in Japan, you go to General Assembly, year and a half later, you're winning awards at the Interaction Design Conference. <laughs> that sounds like a success story to me. Eating salmon in Finland. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and also, I'm going to judge my conferences from now on on how good the salmon is. For a quick bit of context. Tell us what is Nail Snaps. So Nail Snaps was, a, was an app that allowed you to take pictures of anything like your dog or your cat. Uh, and then you could use the app to turn it into custom nail stickers. Well, we used to not say the word stickers, but um, they got acquired, so I'm going to call them stickers. But it, you could turn them into, into custom nail stickers, and then you would put them on your nails. So if you wanted to, you could have your cat on your nails, or you could do a custom clothing pattern or anything, basically. You could create your own nail art. We've, we've told the, the, the story of the General Assembly success story going from nothing to to UX designer and winning awards in a year and a half after being general assembly. So what what are some of the bad things you 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 encountered or you 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 feel about the the general assembly program? So you you talked about the good. We haven't got to the ugly yet, but let's talk about the bad. Well, the bad feeds directly into the ugly. <laughs> Can we, should we just combine the two, the bad and the ugly? <laughs> I guess so. Okay. <laughs> so general assembly is not like an accredited four-year university or anything like that. They are, uh, or you, a public institution, they're a for-profit organization. So I remember when I applied, and this could be different now because I hear that they're a little bit more strict with their admissions, but it was very easy for me to go it, to get into the program. Um, and I think by the fact that I told you that two people eventually went back to acting tells you how much maybe they were interested in UX to begin with. There are a lot of different people who find UX attractive for a lot of different reasons. Um, some of them are purely financial. Some of them are more passion-driven. Um, but you get a mixed bag with the people who go with two boot camps. And when you graduate, um, you may have the process with you. You may not. It depends on how hard you studied and how hard you worked throughout the boot camp. Um, but because you have so many different people 
and personalities and different skill sets coming out of a boot camp. I guess the people who leave get labeled a certain way based on not so great graduates. So like you said at the beginning, it's, it's, it's sort of a mixed bag. It is, it is a mixed bag. Um, I mean, like with any kind of four-year university, like when I was at UCLA, there were some people I was like, how, how did you even get into this school? I never would have guessed you graduated from that school or, wow, you really exemplify the qualities of that school. <laughs> so actually, I've been told multiple times by different people that I'm a good UX designer despite graduating from General Assembly. <laughs> so I think that like the, the, the for-profit organization thing, I, I think that can be a good and a bad thing um like for instance in my case I, I i took a an interesting educational path let's put it that way um i i started out of a traditional university a long time ago and then decided i was just gonna you know be a musician and not actually finish and then once i grew up and decided i was probably should think about a real career um, <laughs> i went back to school and i went to one of the for-profit one of the very first online universities because I was working full time and um, I couldn't not work full time at the time. And so I needed some way to to finish my bachelor's degree but while still going to, to school. And, you know, uh, a for profit online university was one of the, the best options for me at the time. It turned out ended up being really expensive and and I regret pe- spending as much <laughs> as I did on it, but but I got I got the stepping stone to get into the master's program that I wanted to get into and that was my end goal in the in the first place. And so um you know, I I think for-profit universities can get a bad rap and some of them are kind of slimy. They they make they tend to make you feel like, you know, you're special and, oh, yeah, you're the, really the type of person we want to get into this university. And it's really just not a, it's not an advisor talking to you. It's a salesperson. And you don't realize it at the time because they don't they don't uh, uh, present themselves as a salesperson. They are presenting themselves as your academic advisor. And it's they're really just a sales. That's a little slimy. But anyway. Um, but I, I feel like I'm also, and even Roman, Roman went to University of Phoenix, same type of school. And, um, you know. Wow, Roman, I never would have thought you came from the University of Phoenix. I am a Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just to piggyback on what you're saying there, Larry, I was entirely satisfied with my University of Phoenix experience. I liked that my academic advisor was a salesman because he was motivated to get my, like, uh, course credit evaluation done. Like, he rocked rock that whole process. I was satisfied with everything about it until Senator Warren came along and, you know, raked him over the coals in the media. And now like the value of my degree is, is zero. Right. Um, but you know, uh, prior to that, I, I didn't have a problem with them. Um, because I, I kind of felt like they were, they were a little bit more straightforward about things. <laughs> As I see it, all schools are for profit, whether they say they are or not. Mm-hmm. You, you, all you have to do is look at the size of their stadium. <laughs> and, and and the cost of their tuition, let's be fair. I mean, if you look uh, at yeah. um, the, the cost of higher education over time, com, you know, the, the inflation rates compared to other things like healthcare and and um, secondary education or, you know, is like way up there. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I take your point, Kelly, to be kind of the, you know, the the one bad apple spoils the bunch. You know, as much as I had, you know, a, a high opinion of um, General Assembly grads based off of only having worked with you, if I had a bunch of clowns come through, you know, for job interviews that all, you know, were 
out of a certain program, then I would probably have a, a pretty low opinion. Well, so like another problem would be that like after 10 weeks of studying, they will tell you and they ha they did tell us all throughout the entire course is that when we graduate, we would be UX designers and that we could call ourselves UX designers and that we would know more than some of the senior designers that are current that we're currently practicing. And at the time, I thought that that was like a really weird thing to say. Um, and I know now that it is a really weird thing to say, <laughs> because if you have like for example, either of you like are hire, are hiring and like a bunch of general assembly graduates come in. They're like, yeah, I'm a UX designer. I've done projects and stuff. Look at my portfolio. Look at my brilliant thought process. But then you start to talk to them and you realize that they don't really know what they're talking about or like their experience is really limited to just general assembly. And they're not as experienced as you thought they were uh, or that their resume led you to believe it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And I think actually General Assembly had a really good reputation up until we graduated. <laughs> but, well, I mean, like while we were in school, we were attending a whole bunch of UX events and tech events in LA. Um, and we were in an elevator when we overheard some hiring managers talking about General Assembly applicants and how they were throwing away the resumes from General Assembly, um, which was rather alarming at the time being in the program. Um, and I have uh, heard since I've graduated from many senior designers some disdain when boot camps like general assembly pop up and i'm always like oh well i graduated from general assembly and they're like oh really yeah so when i'm looking at resumes and um you know evaluating people the people that i want to actually you know do a phone screen or what the the education is like actually the last thing that I look at and I typically don't care about it and use it more for an informational thing as opposed to is this somebody I want to talk to or not. Right. Um, I can, you know, kind of take a look at, at, at somebody's stuff and say, Oh yeah, this is a person I want to talk to or, you know, how, how they write their resume and, 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 and all that. Um, I, I but I wouldn't, I, I would never just flat out reject somebody because they, I, I knew that, I just I would never do that. I mean, even before, well, obviously, because I, I hired you, Kelly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so proof's in the pudding right there. Um, but, you know, so I'm, um, I think that, you know, through any program, even the program that I went to, which I thought was really good in the master's program that I went to, there's people that went through that master's program and got through it and got the same degree I did that I would not hire. So, you know, <laughs> it, it, I don't think it's so much the degree program that you're in. It's more of, is the person going through it have the right passions, have the right motivations, have the right aptitudes mm -hmm. to, to, to actually succeed in UX. And, you know, we have other ways to evaluate that other than did they go to a boot camp or not? And so that's kind of my, my philosophy on things. I wouldn't tr automatically reject somebody just because they went through a, a boot camp. Mm -hmm. Well, at the time we took the program, um, they told us that General Assembly had such a great reputation and that some people would hire us because we graduated from General Assembly. And because we were only the fifth cohort out of the Santa Monica class, like that was true at the time, maybe cohorts one through four, but not for five, because <laughs> I was cohort five. Well, yeah. And so I think, you know, if you go back to the whole, it, they're a for-profit company. And so they're just trying to get butts and seats to, to get tuition. But at some point they're if they lose, start to lose their credibility, then, you know, just putting butts in seats and collecting collecting um money is not is, is is going to become less and less and less and so that like they have a they they will 
turn into having a credibility problem if they they continue that and as opposed to someplace like the center center who are very picky about the people that are they're coming they're coming into their program and they you know you have to do whole interviews you even have to interview with jared spool at, at some point before you get into their school because they're being picky because they want that I, I i feel i think they want to have the reputation of hey if they've gone through the center center program you actually do want to hire this type of person because they are going to know their stuff. You know, they're going to, they're going to have that real, you know, uh, breadth, but, but probably a little more depth and a little more, you know, modern thinking on, on how you actually be done. Um, and, and, and it's a two year program. So you're getting a lot more, it's, it's more like a master's program, but they're also very picky. They need to turn out really great graduates to compensate for the ridiculous name of that program. <laughs> What's wrong with Center Center? Oh, I'm sure Jared thinks it's just delightfully funny. <laughs> if I was uh, considering a, a candidate uh, from a UX boot camp, I would just want to know, like, how many push-ups could you do when you started? And how many push-ups <laughs> were you able to do at the end? My answer would be zero and zero. Let, let, me, let me think about that. It's a, it's a metric. It's a number. So it's quantitative. It's easy to, to measure. It must be valuable. Right? There you go. <laughs> you got upper management written all over you. <laughs> so based on this, we talked about the good, we talked about the bad and the ugly. So overall, what is your, your general conclusion of boot camps in general? And you know, not necessarily just GA, because I mean we talked a lot about specifically GA here, but I think we should um, you know, not make them the the, the total whipping boy here, but you know, just let's 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 you know talk about it in general terms. It's like, well, what is your general summary of you know boot camps in general? They're a good place to start if you have nothing else, and if you have the money and the time to be able to invest in them, they're a good place to start. Um, for me, it was completely worth it. For if I were to like restart my UX journey now, I don't know if it would be worth it for me now. We'll say more about that. What would you do instead? Um, I believe that there are some, some, uh, designers who offer mentorship programs. I know Jamie Levy did that for a while. Um, or maybe I would look into center center because at the time center center wasn't an option for me, but it's just, it's, I think no matter what program you go into, it's just, it's a lot of money and it's a lot of time. And if you don't have that saved up or if you don't have those resources, then it's a really big hole to dig yourself out of once you graduate. Well, I mean, you could say that about education in general, <laughs> <laughs> whether it's a it's a boot camp or or it's a you know four year um, state school or private school or anything like that. Um, so I think I mean it comes down to it's like okay, here is a, a an amount of money that I'm collecting or I'm paying out to get this education. Am I going to be able to get returns on that and um and and do well for myself? And I think in at least in my case, I feel like, yes, I was actually, you know, the, the, the education was worthwhile and I am getting quite a good return on, on, on that investment. So how would you rate the, on like a five point scale or something? <laughs> sure. Let's, let's do five stars. Or let's, no, promoter. let's do the net promoter zero to 10. <laughs> would you recommend, how likely are you to recommend? I would send them my article and tell them that they should decide for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there was somebody that I spoke to who was considering GA. They had a lot of calls from people for a while. And she was like, can you just tell me what to do? And I was like, no, I'm sorry. 
But I don't, I think boot camps are right for a certain, a certain type of person. And I was that type of person, uh, four years ago, but I think actually like the things that you need to get into UX now are different than they were in the past. So the past being long time, four years ago, but, um, like in the past, you just kind of needed to know what UX was. You needed to understand what you needed to do. And you had to have the ability to just get in there and figure it out basically. Um, and there weren't a lot of other UX designers at the time who were vying for the same roles. And if they were, they were from general assembly. Um, but now it seems like there are so many junior UX designers and people who are graduating from boot camps that they're all applying for the same roles and there aren't that there aren't enough roles to keep up with the demand for UX. So the things that you need to get into UX now seems like you need experience, but then there's the whole, I guess, millennial thing of like, how do you get experience to get a job that, to get like an entry level job, I guess. But, um, like the way you would get into UX that I would get into UX now would not be the way that I got into it four years ago. I don't think. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a, somebody who I know currently she, um, she has a computer science background. She has a, a degree from a very well-known engineering school, computer science background. She's done some internships. She has a, a program job now, but um, in some of the internships, she had done some work with my team, user research and some UX stuff, and she really decided that she wanted to get into UX. So she's got a bachelor's computer science background. She has experience, you know, as an intern in a couple different companies doing, you know, some programming stuff, but some UXE type stuff. And now she has a, 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 a developer job and she went to GA, got a, a, a UX certificate, and now she's like looking for to get her foot in the door in, in, in a company. And she's finding it very, very difficult to do so. Um, uh, if I, yeah, it's like, like for me, it's like I would hire because I, I know her, I've worked with her. And if I had a position for her, I would like hire her in a second. Um, I don't happen to have a position for her right now. And I'm trying to get other, you know, trying to help her network and things like that. But as this, you know, she's got the talent and she's got really you know that that technical understanding and she's got the the passion for ux and she's finding it and she has the ga certificate and she's finding it very hard to 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 find to break in and get that first ux job for herself which is it's it's four years ago she would have found a job so fast because the people with computer science backgrounds or development backgrounds like they got hired i don't know if, if not while they were currently in the program, then they got hired immediately afterwards, especially for the startups in L.A. But I feel like all the all the, the jobs right now in UX are like it's it's all mid to senior level that people are looking for. And nobody's looking for entry level unless they're like a very large organization. Um, and, and I think that's, uh, I, you know, companies are so um obsessed with like you know the the now right now and like you know, how can we get you know people these high quality people to do things now but they're none of them are as interested in actually developing people and 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 developing a pipeline of really good people because you know you hire good people but I'll tell you what, you know, people don't stay in, in in jobs forever and you need to be able to have a pipeline of new people. And the best way to get a pipeline of new people is have people 
that you've been developing yourself in your own company. They already have the context. They already have the product knowledge. They already know the organization. And now you've nurtured somebody into um, replacement for other people that are more senior in your organization that have decided to move on. Um, and having that ecosystem, I think, is really, really important. And not a lot of companies have that. And so it's hard for those people that are you know, entry level to, to, to find something because of that. So going back to your article for a second, um, has there been any backlash or people are like, how dare you? No, actually, most people have agreed. <laughs> and that includes most general assembly graduates are like, yeah, this is this is right. But I've only got 67 claps. So I don't know if many people have read it. <laughs> oh, I actually I just remembered an ugly from general assembly. And it's uh, they don't really give you a lot of practical knowledge. So like in terms of working with developers, working with product management, project management, QA, they like I think they tried um, because they did put us together with the web development immersive students for one day to like work with them. My experience wasn't that great working with people from other departments. And like that's something that I had to figure out um, when I was working with Angel and I encountered uh, my first QA person. And that was like a really I don't want to say vulnerable. I felt like something I had never experienced before. And he was like, well, what happens if you do this and you background the app and then you close it and then you open it? Like, what is the user see? And I was like, uh, the user sees this. And so like, you don't get the experience with working with QA or development. And then like, it wasn't until I came to SecureAuth that I worked with project management, product managers. And I was like, if I want to make this, because like at the startup, I could just make any decision that I wanted. But at here it's like i want to do this thing who do i talk to 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 make sure that this thing happens the general assembly doesn't give you the opportunity to work with those people and it's partially because like they don't have access to those people and the people that they do have access to are other students who are learning and again you only have 10 weeks so you don't have enough time kelly we have a uh, a tradition here on the show called stuff designers love stuff designers love is a segment where you get to talk about something that you just love and want the world to know about uh lindsay ellis creates these really in-depth and entertaining video essays uh on popular media which actually sounds really boring now that i say it but um (laughs) she's done a lot of like interesting examination on the twilight phenomenon and 50 shades of gray and um she has a really good one on Mel Brooks and satire and Megan Fox and the Transformers series. And she also, <laughs> she does these other uh, video essay type of things uh, on characters throughout time and media. So she has like Nightcrawler, the X-Men Nightcrawler, and how he's been represented in various different ways at various different times. So we'll, we'll link to at least one in the show notes. Um, but if you only get one, uh, which one should I watch? Uh, well, her most popular one is Hercules, Disney's beautiful hot mess. <laughs> is she referring to the character or the film? The film. <laughs> Other ones I would recommend are Dear Stephanie Meyer and Mel Brooks, The Producers and Ethics of Satire. Man, these really do sound boring now that I read them out loud. I, I don't know. The Mel Brooks one sounds amazing to me. I, I'm going to look that up now and take a look. I grew up when there was no YouTube and um, and now I have children and children have only grown up knowing, you know, about YouTube and very fascinating to me about like just how 
because I like I and I don't want to be the you know the get off my lawn guy because you know I, I I try to I try to like listen to my children's music and understand it and try to like actually get into it you know the things that they like I don't want to be the you know this like my you know like my father was like didn't like that heavy metal music and what are you doing blah, blah, blah. um so I I don't want to be the get off the lawn guy and so but. At the same time, I don't like watch YouTube like my children watch YouTube because they are, you know, that's like their main source of TV, not that it's, it's their primary source of TV, not their secondary source like it would be for me. Um, but at the same time, there's like certain things that like you can't like how valuable you YouTube is like for things um, like how to do something right like i build guitars and it's like oh how do i like carve this x brace it's like well there's like 500 videos of, of people like carving x braces on on youtube and you can get like different techniques and different philosophies and different approaches to it i learned everything i know about makeup cooking and interior design from youtube i feel doubly lost because my my kid doesn't like watch any youtubers he watches like basically like vine compilations on youtube so it's like a second and a half of somebody getting smacked <laughs> and somebody else laughing. Oh, okay. Administrative note. What social media do you like to engage with people on? Uh, let me double check. It's UX underscore Kelly. K-E-L-L-Y. That sounds an awful lot like you don't actually use the account. <laughs> All right, well, Kelly, uh, as ever it's been really fun talking to you i'm glad we finally were able to uh, sync up our schedules and in particular thanks for coming on when you're not feeling your very best uh i don't think anybody will be able to tell no yeah thank you so much for coming on this is this is great i'm very happy to have you on the show if you found this show useful usable and desirable please share a quick review on itunes or wherever you listen to podcasts reviews help people find the show and we appreciate your help and remember UX Like Us is your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at UX Like Us and let us know what you'd like us to have on the show, who you'd like to have us on the show, and what you're discussing your practice. So I am Larry King. I'm at LA King on Twitter. And Roman is at Stuperman. And thank you for listening. Thanks, Kelly. And I was like, oh my God, infinitives and articles and like vowel movement and vowel shifts and dialects and everybody would be like, Kelly, please stop talking.